Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah, currently getting licked by Rosha's dog. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Darek. Darek? Yeah, it's spelled with an A. D-A. Darek. Is that not how you say it? That's how I would say it. (laughs) Welcome, Darek. And this week we are covering Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, I titled this one... All you need is a little Felix Felicis. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I know, right? That's all you need in Don't life, we right? All. <laughs> all right. So the book was originally published July 16th, 2005. That's my best friend's birthday. My mm. other Thank best friend. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's written by J.K. Rowling. It has a Goodreads rating of 4.57 out of 5, and it is 652 pages. Yes. Much easier than the last one. I mean, <laughs> yes. I actually had an easier time reading this one. I think it just flowed better. Yeah. What year did you say it came out? 2005. 2005. I graduated high school that year. And uh, the the movie, The Half-Blood Prince, came out in 2009, which I graduated college in. Wow. So just, just this is this is my my book, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> um, Warner Brothers actually got death threats, though, because they were supposed to release the movie in 2008, but it ended up getting pushed back till 2009, mainly because uh, the decision came after The Dark Knight came out in 2008 mm. and they had huge success. So they wanted that to kind of die down. So that left an opening though in 2008, which Twilight ended up taking. Ah. And so that's when they ended up releasing at the end of 2008. And then this one came in. So many great movies all at I once. Know, I know. <laughs> oh, it's also rated PG. So we're back in the PG realm. Really? Which is... Yeah. Surprising. Yeah, but I feel like the book, when you're reading the book, you're like, ooh, this is this is pretty dark. There's yeah. some graphic moments. And I don't feel like they included many of those in the book or in the movie. That's so fair. maybe. Still an adventure uh, family action movie. Um, two hours and 33 minutes. So we got longer <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, again, directed by David Yates, who is finally our one of our first, no, second repeat director who will be back um, for the next two movies as well. You're right. It does have much more of a lighter tone, the movie does, than the book. So I guess I get that PG rating. (laughs) So the IMDb synopsis reads, As Harry Potter begins his sixth year at Hogwarts, he discovers an old book marked as the property of the Half-Blood Prince and begins to learn more about Lord Voldemort's dark past. So year six, that would make them... Like 16? 15, 16? So is that like a junior in high school? Yeah. I think. Interesting. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So some fun facts about the book. This book actually sold 9 million copies in the first 24 hours after its release, um, a record that was eventually broken by the the next book, The Deathly Hallows. Um, It's won several awards and honors, including the 2006 British Book of the Year. This actually, um, The Half-Blood Prince, was the title that J.K. Rowling had considered naming the Chamber of Secrets, but she decided that the information disclosed belonged later in the story. So she switched. The reason being, if you remember, when we did Chamber of Secrets, I mentioned that there's a lot of things, a lot of different um, artifacts and things that are in the second 
book and movie that come into play here. If you remember um, the Hand of Glory and the Opal Necklace, Harry sees in Borgen and Burke's in Chamber of Secrets when he does flu powder, remember? Mm-hmm. And he goes into mm-hmm. Borgen and Burke's. Um, and then also the Vanishing Cabinet what is, the is in there. Hand of, hand of what? The, the thing that like grabs his hand in, in the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh. Well, it's not as big as like the opal necklace and <laughs> the vas- vanishing cabinet. It's just one of the one of the other things. Interesting. Yeah, I would have never picked up. On yeah, that. and then also Tom Riddle's diary, which we learn in this book, is actually a horcrux. Mm-hmm. So that's also a big one. And then last but not least, these two no- novels, Chamber and uh, Half Blood Prince, are the ones with the most focus between Harry and Ginny's relationship. So there's a lot of tie in uh. between these two books. So I think that's why she considered naming it that. But I'm glad she waited. It makes way more sense for it to for be it, Chamber. Yeah. Secrets, yeah. Well, and this one to be Half-Blood Prince. Totally. Uh, So we got a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 84%, so that's up from the last movie. Uh, The budget for this movie was actually more, it's a million more at $250 than the last couple. Uh, Not exactly sure why, but maybe, I think there's more special effects, but there's a lot of fire and other stuff, Mm, so maybe that's why. Um, And then it grossed $935 million. Uh, so one of the big things in this movie, though, is it's a lot darker. And I don't mean, like, the topics. <laughs> like, just the visuals, visuals are yeah. quite a bit uh, darker because there was a new cinematographer for this film. They actually ended up getting a, an Oscar nomination for cinematography. They didn't win. However, this wasn't the, the cin- cinematographer that was that the director wanted. He wanted somebody else named Wally Fister to do it. Um, but unfortunately he was busy working on the dark Knight movie, <laughs> which he ended up going on and winning the Oscar for cinematography the Ooh, year before this. So awkward. Yeah. But, but interesting though, evidently, you know, that was the, the way he wanted to go. Well, clearly that guy must be good if you yeah. want an Oscar. Yeah, it is darker though. Like they it they is. want a lot more earthy <clears throat> tones and darker tones. Yeah. And it's hard to watch during the daylight. It is. <laughs> <Like>. You're right. <laughs> um, so I, this guy didn't isn't popping up in my casting coming up here, but I wanted to touch on uh, 11-year-old Tom Riddle mm-hmm. in this movie. is played by a kid named Hero Finds Tiffin, mm-hmm. or Finns Tiffin, who is the uncle of Rafe, oh. <laughs> Voldemort, and the director uh, David Yates said that he didn't he didn't hire him because he was his nephew, but he wanted someone that resembled the look of him, and he looked a lot like him, mm-hmm. so that's why they ended up hiring him. Kid is gorgeous, so cute. He's this beautiful kid, and then if you look him up on Instagram now, obviously, obviously he's a lot older now, yeah. and he's like this gorgeous twenty-something kid. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, I don't doubt that. Yeah, but interesting. I thought I was like, that's a good way to go. I don't know why they don't do that more in, right. in life. <laughs> Maybe they just don't films. think those kids are good enough. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so Maggie or Dame Maggie Smith, who plays Professor McGonagall, was actually undergoing uh, radiotherapy for breast cancer during this movie. So, and you can kind of see it. She's not in this movie. A ton. A ton. Yeah. Um, she's not in the book a whole lot either, but she's very much not in the movie. Yeah. So, but lucky that she's still here. Still with <laughs> us. Thank God. Um, on the uh, the other note, uh, there's a character named uh, Marcus Belby. He doesn't, he comes up a couple times in the book. Uh, in the movie, we see him during the slug club dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played, he was played by a guy named Robert Knox, who sadly ended up getting stabbed to death in a bar brawl just a few days after the movie was done shooting. Oh my god! In 2000, um, it was in 2009 or in 2008, sorry. But he was actually signed on to go and do the next couple movies, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh, that's he wasn't so sad. Very sad, but... 
it's this whole curse of the cast that we keep yeah. talking about. That's interesting. They, they, I mean, it's probably hard to not keep him in the movie, but the fact that they kept him. In. Yeah. Very sad. I guess he was protecting his six, 16-year-old brother at the time. Aww. So very sad. Daniel Radcliffe actually said that he this was his least favorite performance what? of himself throughout the entire time. That he said it was very that he was very not good and it was hard for him to watch. He ended up revealing that he was actually struggling with alcoholism during the shooting of, oh, of wow. this film and that he was actually intoxicated in some of the scenes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I tried to look. I couldn't fully get That's it. That's interesting but... that you say that because I feel like this was a long time ago, but I feel like I read something that said, like the other cast member said that his, specifically the part where he takes the Felix Felices mm-hmm. is like very much like who Daniel Radcliffe is in real life. Yeah. So I figured that that would be easy for him to play. So I thought... That's interesting that he was struggling. I mean, obviously, alcoholism is not something to joke about. So, but, but. Y- you do see. I mean, granted, the character Harry himself kind of changes throughout this movie yeah. quite a bit, um, which you know you would think the acting just changes as well. But mm. maybe it, you know, the alcohol has something to do yeah. with it as well. Ooh. I liked him in this movie. I did too. So I don't <laughs> not know. not condoning him no. drinking alcohol, no. <laughs> but uh, we were just talking about the budget for this film. Uh, the fire scene towards the end of the movie actually was one of like the most time consuming scenes ever. Um, and it spent eight months for them to like get it down. Right. Oh, I wow. Guess. The cave fire mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. Um, and then lastly, the set, uh, the set director ended up saying that the three broomsticks set, we actually just see the inside of it, um, was actually originally constructed for the wizarding wizarding world of Harry Potter theme park, mm-hmm. which opened in 2006. And they ended up just doing an exact replicate for the movie. Huh. So That's I guess, and I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, I didn't know that the wizarding world open before the movies were done all of the movies yeah, yeah i good... thought it was totally later but... the, the, the one in florida obviously I'm assuming, right yeah, yeah. So, interesting yeah interesting enough uh so the cast of this movie um we don't get introduced to too many new people um an interesting character i wanted to start with because he's very much in the book um he's the werewolf in the book named grayback in the movie he's there he doesn't really look like a werewolf unless mm-hmm. you look really carefully. And they never mention that he's a werewolf. Right. So unless you've read the book, you have no idea that he's a That's werewolf. That's true. He just looks like a very hairy man. Yes. <laughs> Which And they take out a very big part in the in the movie where he actually attacks someone mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the book. So we get very much yeah. of like, you are a werewolf. You do see him a lot in the movie. And clearly, you know, he's... I don't want to say he's key, but he is like one of the main Death Eaters that we see in the movie. Right. I guess you just don't ever like put two and two yeah. together. To... Which is interesting that they, what, I like that she used the name Greyback because mm. that is actually, he is one of the most powerful werewolves in werewolf lore. Ah. Um, so he actually just popped up in a couple other different series that I've seen. I love that you know um, werewolf lore. <laughs> well, you know, I dabble in the dark, in the dark uh, movies and... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and movie series uh, or TV series, but played by a guy named David Legino. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, funny enough, though, who was supposed to play this role is Kevin McKidd. Who's that? Owen from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. They actually wanted him to play. Ooh, he actually would have been. But they said that he um, had too much commitment with Grey's Anatomy at the time, so he couldn't make it work. Honestly, so. I think I would rather him be in this and. Instead of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) He's not my favorite. He struggles in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, But uh, Dave Legino was played in Snow White and the Huntsman. Not much other things that I noticed of him. Um, He ended up attending 
grammar school in, I believe in Britain. And he actually achieved eight O levels. Uh, and he was very smart. Um, and they thought that he was going to go in and do a bunch of stuff in higher education, ended up electing to just go work uh, on demolition sites huh. instead. But I thought it was funny that he did the O levels. Cause we hear about yeah. owl levels yeah. um, throughout the movie. Unfortunately, he ended up passing away in 2014 oh, wow. and was the sixth Harry Potter actor to die. He ended up, he was actually visiting Death Valley National Park in California and he was hiking and ended up going missing oh, wow. and they ended up finding him a few days later and he had died of heat stroke. Wow, these are some very interesting deaths. Yes. So like it, to it, death. it adds yeah. to the whole mystique of the mysterious deaths around the Harry Potter Weird. cast. Uh, another character that we get introduced to is Professor Horace Slughorn. He is the new teacher at Hogwarts, <laughs> um, played by Jim Broadbent. Um, he was in Doolittle, Game of Thrones, Gangs of New York. He also played uh, Bridget Jones's dad in all the Bridget Jones's Diary movies, and which is funny enough because Gemma Jones, who plays Madame Pomfrey in the films, was Bridget Jones's mom. Oh, that's <laughs> so interesting. It's all it's all in the family. He he was also in Moulin Rouge, and he won an actor for best actor in a supporting role for his um for his role in Iris in two thousand one. He won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but this character, this is one of the things that pops up in the reviews that. He looks nothing like he's described in the book. He in the book he's described as this like very rotund man <laughs> with a walrus mustache. Yeah. He's a bigger guy, but there's no mustache. Yeah. I did notice that. I was like, hmm, mustache, interesting. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing. So, um, but I liked him. I really I liked his character. I love him. I think he is so funny, and he's the right bit of humor that this movie needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I really liked him, even though he looked nothing like. The character in the book. Uh, so Narcissia Malfoy, uh, we touched on this last episode, is played by Helen McCrory. I have a really hard t- time saying that last name. McCrory? It's like Scotty McCreary. Oh. I have a really hard time. I work in radio, in country radio, and whenever I have to say Scotty McCreary, I feel like there's something stuck in my, in you're, my mouth. You're saying it right. I know, but I, it sounds weird. <laughs> uh, and it, uh, like we said before, though, she was originally casted to play Bellatrix Lestrange, but she got pregnant, so she was not able to play that role. Uh, she has been in Peaky Blinders, Penny Dreadful, The Queen, The Count of Monte Cristo, so has been in a lot of those darker mm-hmm. Tim Burton-y type films. Um, and she's uh, married to the actor Damon Lewis, who plays in Billions. So. I'm glad she was pregnant at the time, because I think they... I could not have seen it. No, she she's right for the Narcissa role, because Helena Bonham Carter is and will always be Bellatrix. Always. <laughs> yeah, everything works out, right? Right, exactly. Uh... <laughs> Two of the people we've known since the very first movie is Crabbe and Goyle. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd touch on them. Uh, Why? <laughs> well, 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 interesting. I have one interesting fact, though, about this. So uh, Gregory Goyle um, is played by Josh Herdman. Uh, he's in all the Harry Potter movies. He's the taller one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, He's in the new show, uh, The Murders in the White House Farm on HBO. Um, which I've really wanted to watch. So. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, I saw it when I was scrolling through HBO the other day. So, um, so yeah. So I, I felt like I had to talk about him if I wanted to talk about Crab. Fair. <laughs> so uh, Vincent Crab is played by Jamie Waylett. 
So he, we've, he's been in all the Harry Potter movies up until this one. We do not see him in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, uh, mainly because he was arrested. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up getting into quite a bit of like legal trouble, uh, for violent conduct. Uh, he was arrested a couple different times for rioting and all this stuff. So I thought that was interesting. And he actually, um, auditioned for the role of Dudley. Uh, but didn't get it. Uh, so they gave him the, the role of crab. Honestly, if you hadn't told me that he wasn't in the last movie, I wouldn't, I, no. w- I wouldn't have even noticed. No. And they, they, they actually, I felt like we're a little bit more in this book um, in terms of helping Malfoy yeah. out. Um, but we don't see that basically at all in, in the movie. No. So interesting. Uh, last or not last character. The next one was Cormac uh, McLaggen, who is kind of the, He's a Gryffindor that we've never really met. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Um, Is played by a guy named Freddy Storma. Uh, He's in the new, very popular series, Bridgerton. Um, He was also in Pitch Perfect and a show called Unreal that I used to watch about um, a dating show. (laughs) Like, it was like a reality show of a reality show, but it was fake. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But I love him. I think he is so good looking. He is very Um, good. And I wish they had him more in this movie than... I think, I mean... he was in it quite I a bit. Know, but it just like there was like one scene that I w- I wish they would have put the Quidditch scene from the book. Yeah, in the movie that's fair. With him. Um, they do have him coming off though as like a little like leave Hermione alone mm-hmm. moment, which I was like I don't know if in this day and age if they would have kept that scene. In. True. Um, but yeah, I think he's super cute. Yeah, he is very cute. I'm trying to remember who he was in Pitch Perfect. I don't remember him at all. I think he was probably just one of like the background the extras, not, the extras <laughs> or whatever. That's the problem with IMBD or IMDb is that they have them credited in a lot of these yeah. films, but like sometimes you don't exactly know what character True. they play. But they were still in it. Gotta give them credit. Uh, last character to mention is Lavender Brown, hmm. uh, is and she is Ron's love interest in this film. She's his girlfriend. You <laughs> can say girlfriend. that. Well, in the movie, she doesn't get her due, due diligence. True, I think. she is in the book a, a lot. lot. Um, it's played by a an actress named Jessie Cave. She was in an episode of Black Mirror and the movie Pride, um, but she did nothing big before Harry Potter. And she was one of the girls growing up that worked in theater, like backstage. Mm-hmm. She had a ton of experience doing that and then finally decided, like, I actually want to pursue acting, like, yeah. watching all these people act. And I think she knew Emma Watson from somewhere because she actually ended up being recommended by Emma Watson oh. for this role. Uh, 7,000 girls auditioned for this particular role and uh, Jesse Cave didn't even... She didn't even audition for it. And they gave it to her. And they gave it it's to her. It's all about who you know. Which is interesting. One thing to note about this character that in all the past films... Lavender Brown, the character, can be seen, but has been b- portrayed by African American girls. This is oh. the ve- this is the very first film where we actually see Lavender Brown as an like an acting role, right? Um, and she is now portrayed as a white girl. Interesting. Well, so, she's been in the books from the very beginning. Right. She's one of the people that even gets like put into her house at the very beginning of the first mm-hmm. book. So it's very interesting that they finally you know, decided now would be the time to introduce her right. into the movie. You know movie. who I'm mad doesn't ever get introduced in the movies? Mm. Hannah Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hannah the Hufflepuff. Apparently she doesn't matter. I wasn't ready for my role, that's why. Oh, right, right, <laughs> That's right. why. <laughs> uh, one thing to note, though, a character that we don't see this film is the new Minister of Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Rufus... Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour. Um, he's actually plays quite a big 
big role in the book. We meet him mm-hmm. right away. Uh, there was someone who was casted for this role. They were had him written in, uh, but but they ended up taking it out for different reasons, for budget mm-hmm. cuts and time. But we will see that same guy played as this character in the next movie. So I'm excited to talk about him. Yeah. So I didn't want to bring him up, but I wanted to note that he was in this book, but did not show up in this movie. Okay, cool. All right. Time for what does this spell do? Are you ready? Yes. I really, I know I've said this a couple times, but I've really tried to focus this time. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I think I, I personally think I went easy on you, but whatever. First one, a pisky. <laughs> not one of the ones that I was I was studying I have no idea you have no idea no idea it's done by your favorite character is that why you said it like that <laughs> yeah whiskey. I have no idea it's the charm uh it's the healing charm it's what she uses to fix oh my Harry's gosh. broken like, nose once. there's like spells that they do like 80 times um it's done in the book but in the book it's done by um tonks Anyway, next one. <laughs> Confundus. Does that confuse people? Yeah. Confuses and misdirects. There we go. <laughs> Last one. They're like Latin words. You know, like if yeah, you know totally. like, the very first part of it? Totally. Last one is Sectum Sempra. Okay, that's the one. Well, in the book, it's way more graphic. It like mm-hmm. slashes you mm-hmm. up. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it does. Yeah. The literal it. or the, the literal um, definition of it, is, it, it says it lacerates the target and causes severe hemorrhaging. Yeah. Well, and I was confused why that one wasn't an unforgivable, an unforgivable. Right. Well, I think it's because a the Half Blood Prince just created it on his on his own. True. So it's not like a wide known, True. widely known one. There's so. a lot of new spells in this in this mm-hmm. book, like the yeah. Muffalito. <laughs> Clearly, you studied that one. Please tell I us. I did. What that, That's what one that where does. it's like when you do it, they can't hear what you're saying. Ah, uh, yeah. They muffle it. <laughs> There was a couple other ones too that I can't now I can't remember, but I was ready. All right, next up is who said it? All right, here we go. Greatness inspires envy. Envy engenders spite. Spite spawns lies. That's a great quote. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go Dumbledore. It sounds wise. Mm, no, nope. Voldemort. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! Next one. Kill me then. Kill me like you killed him, you coward. Ooh, that's Harry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. It is the unknown we fear when we look upon death and darkness. Nothing more. Is that Dumbledore? Dumbledore. <laughs> that sounded wise. <laughs> I know. I think I feel like that's one of my like favorite ones that he's said so far. I, I try to put at least one Dumbledore one because I feel like all of his lines are really good. Well, and we're not we're not gonna get them next time. No. Sad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoilers. It's fine. Dumbledore dies. All right, last one. <laughs> You don't know what I'm capable of. You don't know what I've done. Ooh, is that Draco? Yeah. Wow, I did really good. I just, like I told you, I really enjoyed this book. Good job. I feel like I wanted that one to trick you, but clearly it didn't. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Next up is F. Mary Kill. I feel like I went really harsh on you last time, so I'm giving you some, some okay. you know, easy toss-ups. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Your options are Professor Slughorn, Professor McGonagall, and Mrs. Weasley. Oh, those are, that's hard though. Well, yeah, now it's like hard on the other end. (laughs) I don't want to kill any of these people. Well, we'll kill Slughorn because I just met him. Okay. I'm not emotionally invested. Um, Oh, I'm definitely marrying Mrs. Weasley because she's a very good cook. So Molly, Molly's my wife. Um, And then I'll go to the astronomy tower with uh, McGonagall. Okay. Um, I will, 
Oh, this is tough. I think I might have to kill Mrs. Weasley. Why? I don't know. I feel like she's just too That's so sad. She's too like like needy. Like she's too um clingy. Says the girl who doesn't cook her own meals <laughs> is you're gonna kill the woman who's gonna feed you every night. Yeah, it's fine. It's a terrible it's fine. decision. I'm gonna kill Mrs. Weasley. I will um, marry Professor McGonagall because I feel like we have a lot in common and we can, you know, it would it would work. Yeah, you'll starve to death. You don't know if she's a bad cook or not. She could be a good have cook. Have you seen her cook? <laughs> no. Can I ask a question? This is totally tangent. Yeah, but hold on. I, I will go to the astronomy <laughs> tower with Slughorn. Okay, I'm done. Right. Now go. Okay. Where do all the teachers live? Well, um, like, Trelawney lives at the castle. Right, but like during like <laughs> summer, like did they just live at the castle? I mean, I would. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I just... You, but they, they might just have homes. It. Like, they might just go back to their homes in London, like everybody else. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> just, just a thought I had when I was reading. If you think about it, because, like, like Seamus Finnegan is clearly Irish, so he, like, goes home to Ireland. So I'm sure well, all no, these... I know, but that's a student. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, they all probably have homes outside of Hogwarts. Yeah, but they all stay for Christmas vacation. Because holiday. they have to because other students stay for Christmas. Like, they can't just, like, let the kids run wild. <laughs> That's true. In the dorms in college, you were not allowed to stay for Christmas break. You had to leave. <laughs> right. Also, I think Dumbledore lives. He has to live there, right? Again. I think he who lives Who knows? There. We don't see any beds or anything. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for okay. you. Sorry. Well, you're supposed to be my Harry Potter know-all. Okay. But that's just, like, I guess I could look it up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Let's get into this one. Let me get to my notes. Uh, So the book actually opens differently than the movie this Mm -hmm. time. So we actually get like a little flashback montage, I guess, from the from the last movie where people are now starting to believe Harry. Mm -hmm. Like we see it literally picks up right where the last one is, which I always enjoy. Uh, We don't get the we don't get the Dursleys again, (laughs) which again I'm okay with. but so we, the movie opens up and we're in the muggle world and the sky is changing. And all of a sudden we see the Death Eaters attacking. They're presumably attacking Diagon Alley. But then we also see them destroying the Millennium Bridge in London, which is mentioned in the book. But we don't actually see, like, quote unquote, see it mm-hmm. in the book. Uh, funny enough, though, is the timeline for when the Millennium Bridge was actually built and when this book is supposed to be taking place, place are the Millennium Bridge was built after. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, like you couldn't have just picked a different bridge. Right. I'm not sure. So Pick the London Bridge. <laughs> yeah, anything like that. Um, but very cool scene. Super cool. And very like eerie because it's like, this is our very first time where we kind of see like, okay, not only are the Death Eaters of Voldemort going to affect the wizarding world, but also the muggle world. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of creepy. So I love that they added that scene. Well, you you had mentioned um, in a previous episode how you didn't feel like they were really showing the real, like the real world, the muggle yeah. world. So I feel like they did a really good job of kind of like combining yeah, the two. Yeah, very much so. And another scene that got added right from the beginning is Harry is in this little cafe down by the, I guess the subways yeah. in London. Uh, and he's flirting with the, with the waitress. It's failing all at flirting. Yeah. <laughs> failing at flirting, but he's reading a news, like he's reading a wizard newspaper in the muggle world. And she notices, but we see in that newspaper, uh, that Malfoy's, uh, Lucius Malfoy mm-hmm. has been arrested after everything that happened in the last book. Um, but then he sees Dumbledore across from the train station. 
Um, like, if you didn't know who that was, that's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> he was very, like, ominous just, like, standing there. Yeah. Was, One second he was there and then he wasn't. <laughs> uh, another, people also were, like, wondering, like, where, like, what was this scene mm-hmm. about? Uh, supposedly they talked about how Harry, in a past book or whatever, in the past books and movies, Harry talks about how he loves riding the trains. Oh. So they feel like that's just something Harry would do on his normal muggle time. Okay. Very interesting. There's a... There's a there's a difference of opinion of, yeah. of this added scene. Uh, but he meets up with Dumbledore and they apparate to, I have it as Bubbly Baton. Works for me. <laughs> what is it called? I think it's Bubbly Baton. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. It was close. Uh, but this is where, so Dumbledore takes him, takes him there because they're looking for somebody. And we end up going into uh, one of the houses on the street. And this is still the muggle world. We're not exactly... You don't know that unless you know what happens, right. really. Uh, but they go into this house, and this place is a complete mess. Uh, but we end up finding out that Horace Slughorn <laughs> is in this house hiding as an armchair. <laughs> that was so I great. I <laughs> love that they were able to keep this in the movie yeah. because it's so visually funny. Uh, we find out that he's an old colleague of Dumbledore. He used to work at Hogwarts for a very long time. And he tells him that he's hiding from the Death Eaters that are trying to recruit him. So we know that he probably has either connections with a lot of high people, mm-hmm. which we find out that is he does, um, or he's a powerful wizard. But I think it's more of... He's kept kept acquaintances in oh, high I'm places. Sure. <laughs> uh, but he tells us that he's been hiding in a bunch of different muggle homes. <laughs> These poor muggles just come home to like wrecks of houses. Uh, he puts them back together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but we end up finding out that he knew Harry's parents and that um, they were some of his quote unquote favorites. Mm-hmm. And we end up seeing this like armoire of of picture frames with all these students and they don't go into a whole lot of detail in the movie. In the book, we get a very detailed description of how Slughorn taught and Mm -hmm. how he had these favorites. And, you know, he he knows Quidditch captains and, you know, to your point, very high people in very high places. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they end up convincing him to come back to Hogwarts. They say, or, you know, in, in our mind, we, we know that there's a teacher that they need to replace. So, we think that that's probably the only reason. Come to find out, there's a lot more to yes. Slughorn than we know. <laughs> uh, one thing that they don't mention is Harry basically gets to take over the Black Estate after Sirius dies. Yeah. So Sirius has basically left him his entire um, life's worth, essentially. So he's left him his house. With that comes his house health creature, um, which creature is not happy about no. that the entire movie um, or book, I should say. And he actually he's like, well, you're you're mine now, so I can do whatever I want with you. So he actually sends him to Hogwarts to work as one of the elves <laughs> yes. there. Um, so and then, yeah, so he he's basically he owns all of um, Sirius's possessions. Yeah. So we don't we don't uh, find out that Harry is literally living one of my dreams. Like, I really wish, like, I don't want any of my relatives to die, but I, I, I oh, you want to inherit, inherit like <laughs> of somebody that like, I didn't even know. Yeah. Like, I think I had an aunt die. I don't know. Quite a few years ago that I had no idea. And I think I got like 200 bucks. Cause Better it, than nothing. I know, but it was like someone that like, I didn't even know. Like it was crazy, mm. but I was like 200, was like 200, like million. It could still happen. I guess maybe it could. I, I mean, know. if you didn't know that relative, you may still not know one. You never know. But Slughorn ends up deciding to come back to Hogwarts, mainly because of Harry. Once he finds out that Harry's there, um, he's like, all right, I'll go. 
and, you know, cozy up to him. So the next thing we get, though, is that they're at the borough and Ginny and Harry have a moment. Hmm. Harry shows up there. They make eyes. <laughs> this is very um, Harry and Ginny focused. This very. whole movie, whole book. Um, but we get it way quicker, obviously, in the in the movie than we did in the book. Because in the book, we find out that she's like, she's already broken up with Michael, but then she's dating Dean now. And Jenny and gets what, around. She does. She does. <laughs> she actually does. She Her strategy to get Harry is what I've been telling you for a very long time. Which is what? It just, you have to like date a bunch of guys and it might make a, the guy that you actually want jealous. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it works for Ginny. If I had going? enough game to do that, <laughs> I'd have no problems. Okay. Uh, but we find out that a lot of the parents at of the students at Hogwarts don't want them to go back because they think it's very dangerous. Um, and at this point, when he's talking to Ron and Hermione at the borough, they start talking about how Dumbledore is getting older and that he, you know, might not be able to protect them as well as they, as they, you know, once thought. Foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> one thing, one thing we don't get while they're visiting the borough is that there's a new engagement in the wizarding world <laughs> and we don't see any of it. No. Um, so uh, lo and behold, Fleur de la Clour is at the borough um, because her and Bill have um, become a thing, become an item. And yes, they are engaged to be married. Um, Mrs. Weasley hates it. <laughs> they all, all the girls hate it. Basically, they're like, what, is, what do they call her? Um, uh, phlegm. Phlegm, yes. They <laughs> yes. call her phlegm, which I think is hilarious. Um, but I feel like she's so unassuming and like she's just tr- trying to like be, you know, nice and loved and everybody hates her. Yeah. So It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing we don't get in the movie is that at this point in the book, they get their results of their owl testing. Mm, yes. Yeah. So to no surprise of anyone, Hermione did absolutely incredible. She did you proud. Um, knowing that she had more classes than anybody else. <laughs> right. But yes, she did me proud. Um, and then, of course, Ron and Harry did okay in most of their classes. They both failed divination, which Obviously. not a surprise. <laughs> um, and at this point, they think that they didn't get a high enough score to um, get into potions, which is kind of sad for Harry because he wanted to be an Auror, but that changes as we as we move forward. Another thing to mention that um, isn't really, well, it's completely different in the movie is um, Tonks and Lupin are together at this point in the yeah. movie. Uh, in the book, they are not. They're still no. trying to get them to like and link up. And she means up. like together, together. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. together. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. If, are they married at this point in the movie? They're definitely like, they don't really mention they it. Don't, they yeah. just kind of see But they're them very together. in love, yeah. Yes. Yeah, anyway. in the book, it's this whole, like... Mrs. Been... Weasley's, like, goal is to get them to, <laughs> yes. to be together. Yeah, it, it takes Dumbledore dying in the book for them to decide they want to right. be together. Or let him decide. Because <laughs> she, she was in it from the mm-hmm. very beginning. Uh, the next thing we get in the movie, which actually happens earlier in the book before all of... We even see the kids is we see Bellatrix and Narcissia. Narcissa. Narcissa. (laughs) uh, They are going somewhere. They're trying to find somebody. And we see them in this like dark alley. And then they go up and we see that they are visiting Snape. And Wormtail is there as well. Wormtail is actually in this movie off and on, but has no speaking lines. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, But we find out that... Snape, at this point, Snape is telling them, you know, that he's fooling Dumbledore because 
there's always been this back and forth of is Snape with Dumbledore or is he with Voldemort? Mm-hmm. And he's playing, he's very much playing both sides. He's a double agent. Totally. Um, but we find out that uh, Voldemort has given Draco um, some task. We don't know what it is. Who, Narcissa, that's, that's Draco's mom. Mm-hmm. So she's very worried about him. And she just basically wants Snape to protect him. Look at after him right. and just make sure you know he's okay per- remind me if i'm wrong tell me if i'm wrong but they make this unbreakable bond which basically says that whatever he tells her he will do he can't he can't break it unless he dies in the movie he said she says if draco fails you will carry out the deed mm-hmm. does he say that in the does she say that in the book I don't remember if it's said specifically in that way. I think it's implied that basically in order to save him, if he needs to do what Draco needed him to do or was asked to do, then he'll do it. But I don't think it's like specifically mentioned. Yeah, I felt like it was very vivid in the movie. I think the whole point in the movie was to like make it a point like, hey, just so you know, Draco's probably not going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the next scene we get, though, I was so happy they kept in, is the Weasley's joke shop. Yes. Which is what? Weasley's... Wizard Wheezes. Yes. Uh, so cool. I love that we got to see it. It was yeah. very much like... Um, it was the it was the scene that I wish we would have got of um, of the candy shop. Oh, Honey Dukes? Ha- yes. Yeah. I wish we would have gotten yeah. that one as well. But we see the love potions uh, there. We find out that Ginny is dating Dean Thomas at this point in the movie. Um, but we also see that a lot of the stores in, in Diagon Alley have closed down. Mm-hmm. That they're kind of one of the only ones that's, that are still there. I think in the book, this is where they find out that um, Harry had given them the money to open up the shop. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, how did they afford this real estate? Yeah. Well, uh, and they <laughs> let Harry pick anything he wants for free because yeah. he gave him them all of his money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so Harry, Ron, and Hermione are now walking kind of down Diagon Alley. And they see that um, Ollivander's, which is the wand shop, has also mm-hmm. closed down. But they walk into there. Um, did you notice at the beginning of the movie when the Death Eaters were um, ransacking mm-hmm. everything, that uh, that werewolf guy, I forget his name, mm-hmm. he grabs somebody. No. Did you see that? That was Ollivander's. <gasps> Comes so into play. Grayback. Grayback, thank we're you. We're going to have to do, we're going to have to teach you about werewolves. I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at this point, they're in Ollivander's kind of looking around and they see Draco and his mom uh, kind of headed down towards Nocturne Alley. And they're headed towards Borgen and and Burks. And at this point in the book, it, it, they kind of just watch in the movie. They're just kind of watching him, what he's mm-hmm. doing in the book. Harry actually like goes in there. Doesn't he? Hermione goes in or there. Hermione. So actually in the book, Draco goes by himself. So his mom's not even there. Um, he talks to like, Morgan or Burke or whoever it is. Um, and like asks them about, um, we actually get dialogue, which we don't get in the movie, but basically asks them about a specific thing that he has a, a replica of or another one and needs to be fixed. We don't really understand what it is. Um, but then when he leaves, Hermione goes in and asks the guy like, Oh, um, that was actually like my friend and I'm, I need a birthday present for him. So like, did he buy anything or like, what was he specifically looking at? And she actually sees the opal necklace there. 
Hermione the detective. She's Detective great. Hermione. Detective Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now the next scene that we get, because we don't get a whole lot of that detail, which yeah. I kind of wish we would have. I know. The only thing we really see is the vanishing cabinet. They yeah. like see it through the window. Which we don't see, which we don't get in the book. Right. They're just mention of it. Right. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so now we're on the Hogwarts Express uh, and Harry thinks Draco is now a Death Eater, mm-hmm. um, which... Obviously, Harry doesn't take much <laughs> to understand that. Uh, but so Harry wants to kind of eavesdrop on Draco to see if he can find out him admitting this to mm-hmm. his friends. So he uses the instant darkness from the Weasley's joke shop, which he does not use in in the book. No, he uses his invisibility cloak. Right. Which he does use in the movie, but he doesn't add this mm-hmm. little flair. <laughs> add a little spice. Um, but basically we find out. So Harry is now, he's like up in like the, the suitcase rack hiding and listening <laughs> to Draco. Draco's over Hogwarts. He's, he's just like, yeah. I'm done. He's got bigger things. He's got way bigger <laughs> things. And, but Draco's no dummy. He knows Harry's up there. He sees he sees the the luggage kind of shaking. And honestly, I thought this was brilliant. <laughs> he ends up petrifying uh, Harry, yep. and then he throws he kicks him in the face, and then throws the cloak over him, knowing that he can't talk, he can't move, and no one can see him. Yep. It's probably the um, most impressive thing Draco's done. <laughs> Correct. Um, which basically in the book happens to Harry later in the book. Does not happen later to him in the movie. Someone else basically does the same thing to him in the book later, which we'll get to. Uh, But so Harry's laying there just not not in good shape. Everyone is leaving (laughs) the train and Luna ends up finding Harry in the movie. In the book, it's Tonks that finds him. Yeah, Tonks has been um, tasked to like patrol, I think, the Hogsmeade area and stuff um, and and ends up finding him. And it's it's a lot more like... um, dramatic because like the train yeah. starts moving and they have yeah. to literally like jump <laughs> off of it yeah um but yeah just a little different my girl luna came in for the save yeah <laughs> i love how she's like he's like how'd you find me blackbirds they're yeah. all they're all up in your head <laughs> well and she's wearing those glasses at that yeah. point too so she's the best <laughs> uh but we find out that the security at hogwarts has really been stepped up everyone's bags are being checked um you know filch is on a power trip <laughs> As he should. Uh, but Luna's, Luna and Harry walk up to the gates. Luna ends up fixing Harry's nose. And I love this part. She's like, he's like, how does it look? And she goes, exceptionally ordinary. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is the perfect way. You know how you always say you're like, what do you always say? You're like, you know, size eight shoe. You're oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like the definition of average. Yeah. You should just say you're exceptionally ordinary. ordinary. I like it. <laughs> um. Something that we didn't get in this scene, though, in the book, Slughorn starts a slug his slug club in the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, he starts it on the train, which I thought that was interesting because um, usually, with the exception of Lupin, uh, teachers are not on the uh, Hogwarts Express. Right. So I thought that was interesting. But he's like recruiting all of his people, and like they have their first slug club meeting. Yeah. Um, but I, what I liked about the book is like Harry actually doesn't really want to be part of this club at no. first. He's very like, why do I have to? <laughs> like, but he, I think he also knows the ulterior motive of it. True. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, very very different that they chose to start it at, inside the the train. So now we're in the Great Hall back at Hogwarts. We find out that Horace Slughorn is not teaching defense against the dark no. arts, which we assumed he would be because no. that's how 
That's it's how been the going. pattern yeah. has gone. Um, but he will now be teaching potions. And Plot s- twist. Yep. And uh, Snape will be teaching defense against the dark arts. He's finally, finally he finally got his wish. He finally got it. Uh, but Dumbledore does his, you know, opening speech and he talks about Tom Riddle and the dark forces that are trying to get into Hogwarts. Um, and, but he tells everyone that their greatest weapon is you. Which is very true at the mm-hmm. end, especially because I think he's talking to Harry. But well, yeah, <laughs> usually anything he says is about yeah. Harry. <laughs> um, but how we mentioned before, though, is that Ron and Harry did not pass their owls to do potions with Snape. Mm-hmm. However, Slughorn's uh, requirements are a little bit lower. Yeah, <laughs> standards he, are a little lower, so he, now they can take. He it. only needs exceeds expectations. He doesn't need outstanding. No. <laughs> so now Harry and Ron can take potions with Slughorn, which is very important, obviously, yes. in the storyline. So the first thing we get is the potions class scene. And um, Harry and Ron, obviously, they weren't expecting this. So they don't have their books. They don't have any of the ingredients. So they get to go to the cupboard to get their potions books. They open the cupboard and there's one old one and one new one. They, this is not in the book. No. Uh, but they end up fighting over who gets the new one and come to find out Ron won. And Harry gets this like old tattered book. Uh, and then the, so the class has started and they're talking about love potions mm-hmm. and you know, he talks to us like, it's called a love potion, but it doesn't really incite love. It incites obsession. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what everybody needs right and i actually love this because potions is one of like my favorite concepts mm-hmm. i guess in w- within all the classes so i was so excited that we got to actually see more of the different potions and we hear about them a lot more in this that's book. true because when it, when snape was teaching i feel like it was very like he just is like yells at them the whole time like right. there's no actual schooling being done right i mean we had talked we had heard about the polyjuice potion yeah. but other than that not much so then we also though find out what felix felicis is which is liquid luck mm-hmm. which is which is so i want it <laughs> i don't even know what to yeah. say like yeah let's i let's make some of that um but then we also find out that there's something called um living a living death potion mm-hmm. and that's their that is their task for the day that they have to try to make this potion that is very hard to make evidently, but whoever comes closest or can actually make it, will get a little vial of the liquid luck. Uh, so Harry opens his book and finds all these little scribbles, which I'm sure is your nightmare. Just the fact that it's a tattered book alone makes me want to cringe. And then there's writing in the book. Who writes in a book? Crazy people. (laughs) A lot of people. Crazy people. <laughs> did you ever, in college, did you ever use get used books? Or did, were you always Oh, no. New, new always. Absolutely new. They were new. way more expensive, though. Uh, well, the only way I would is if I, like, looked at the book, made sure that there were no, like, you mm-hmm. know, markings, and then maybe I'll get it. <laughs> I was very much, like, so shell-shocked when I first went to college and saw the book prices. I called my mom, started crying. I'm like, how am I going to eat? Like, I don't understand. Like, this book is $100. I know. The nice thing is you could sell them back, not That's for true. full price. That's but. true. I, but I think by senior year, though, I had enough friends in classes that were like, all right, we're going to split this. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> and be done yeah. with it. I, I think about when I go thrift book shopping, like mm-hmm. at Goodwill, I have to look at the book, make well, sure everything's okay before I buy it, because I'm not... I know we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but if for, for anyone who doesn't know, the Goodwill... And other thrift shops sell books mm-hmm. very cheaply. Yeah. And I remember I went to a Goodwill, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. And I was like thinking, I was like, 
I should probably tell Roche that this is a good thing. But I was like, I think she's going to absolutely hate this. Knowing that someone else owned this book, it might not be in the greatest condition, <laughs> but you love it. It's uh, like I'm a- obsessed. It's like, it's actually turned into a problem now. Um, but it's incredible that be- I, I don't understand how people like um, give away their brand new books. Like there are brand new books that came out like a couple months ago in, on the Goodwill like racks. I would, I would assume maybe they're like uh, presents. True. And, then and they like, just you know, don't like it. Read yeah. it and, That's fair. You know, they're just cleaning out. Listen, another one man's trash is another man's treasure. Right. We have found some very good books. <laughs> yeah. There. My, my um, book cart is getting a little overwhelming. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, we're back at it. Uh, but we find out that this book that Harry has, you know, with the, with, with the notes written all in it was property of someone called the half blood prince. Um, and, but to find out that this person knew what, that they were, what they were doing, mm-hmm. all of the notes that are in this book have gotten it to where Harry can actually make this potion. Everyone is having like a ton of trouble, but there's little tips and tricks in Harry's book that help him make this potion. Mm-hmm. And he wins the little vial. Of my favorite luck. is uh, Hermione trying to like master so it. And her hair just gets all like frizzy. I'm like, girl, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's even telling her like, no, try it. This right. way. She's like, no, that's not the way it's telling you to, you to do it. That's me. I'm always right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so now the next thing we get though, is we're at double doors office. In the book, we find out at one point, Dumbledore had told Harry, like, I'm going to teach you this year. I'm going to do private lessons with you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't get mentioned in the movie really at all. He just shows up at Dumbledore's, you know, office after Dumbledore had asked Mm -hmm. him to come. Uh, But we find out that Dumbledore wants to share some of these memories with Harry that he has. And... The first memory Dumbledore shows him is the day that he met Tom Riddle. And it's it takes scene in an orphanage. We do get quite a bit of this scene. I feel like it went into way more detail in the book about Tom's time mm-hmm. at the orphanage. But we find out that he's done nasty things to other kids. He's just kind of different. Um, but Dumbledore ends up, you know, telling him, you know, you know, you're not different. I mean, you are different, but there are people like you. Right. You're special. Yes. And that, you know, that Hogwarts will teach him not only how to use his magic, but also how to control it. And then at the end, he walks out and he's like, I can also talk to snakes. And I'm like, Dumbledore, run. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, like red flags everywhere. <laughs> right. You know, like the butterfly effect in life. Like one decision mm-hmm. sets off. Like if Dumbledore would have just, just let this kid be. I know. Like, could you imagine? We wouldn't have this He would series. never have known. <laughs> and then Dumbledore ends up telling Harry that Slughorn was actually ended up being very close to to Tom Riddle mm-hmm. while he was at, at Hogwarts and that there's something that Dumbledore needs from Slughorn. So now this is where we find out in the in the movie why Dumbledore brought Slughorn. It wasn't just because there was a vacancy mm-hmm. in the teachers, but this is not the first memory that Dumbledore shares with with Harry in the book. Yeah, so the, he goes way, way back in, in Memoryville, or Memoryland, um, to a memory about um, Mr. Gaunt, who is Tom Riddle's grandpa, and um, his uncle, Morphin, and his mom, Merope. Uh, this memory is basically... Um, uh, someone from the ministry comes and and visits them because Morphin has been doing bad things to to Muggles. Um, long story short, we we learn about the ring as well as the locket in this specific um, memory, and we also learn that Merope used a love potion 
on a unsuspecting muggle across the street named Tom Riddle. Yes. Made him basically obsessed with her, um, married him, and then Tom eventually... Tom Riddle Sr. Tom, yes, sorry, Tom <laughs> Riddle Sr., so Voldemort's dad. Um, we learn that, you know, they, they, they get married, but eventually Tom realizes, like, this is... Tom Sr. realizes this is not the life for me and leaves her um, uh, before she even gives birth to Tom Riddle Jr., who ends up being Voldemort. So very different memory, yeah. but I loved how far back we went to get yeah. even more kind of backstory on, on I was really Voldemort's. sad we didn't yeah. get that because it's such an important part, I think, of the story. Totally. And he ends up sharing another memory even kind of in that same storyline, but later mm-hmm. um, about Tom Riddle going back to that house. Right. And I was just, I was really sad that we didn't, we didn't get that. And it, I think they mentioned in the book that Dumbledore has those memories because there's somebody else's memories who have given them. It was right. like the, was it the house elf or uh, In this case, somebody? it was Ogden, who I believe um, was like the ministry guy or yeah, something like these that. These memories are now being passed down to people yeah. to people to try to figure out what the heck is, yeah. is happening. What I was wor- most upset about was we know that Voldemort has a very bad like experience with his muggle dad because he's yeah. all about pure bloods and, mm-hmm. and keeping the wizarding world as pure blood as possible. So... The fact that you wouldn't include this in the movie is like absurd to me because we get such a great example or um, explanation Mm -hmm. of like that distaste that he has for his dad. And another important part of that memory is Voldemort's mom and I guess it's his uncle and grandpa are like the only three heir of Slytherins left Mm -hmm. and that they are very much dying off and that they're not in a good spot. Like it's basically Slytherin, you know, left Hogwarts and it's now dying yeah. off. So that's a whole nother aspect that we don't get in right. the movie as well. So anyway, so we'll continue. And there are a couple other memories that we don't get um, that we'll talk about. But the next thing the movie gives us is the room of requirements, which we know from past movies is basically a room that opens up when you need it whatever you need it to be, Mm -hmm. it becomes that. And we see Draco inside and there's a bunch of stuff. And this actually, we don't see this in the book until way later. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of Draco in this room throughout the movie. And right off the bat, he unveils the, the vanishing cabinet. Which again, we do not get till way later in the book. No, they set up this whole um, plot portion so much more in the movie yeah. than in the book. In the book, it's very like, we know Draco's up to something, but we don't know what it is. No. And and it even comes, I mean, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but like Harry even has trouble finding it mm-hmm. as well. But he also knows that Draco's up to something. Right. Uh, but the next thing we get, though, is Quidditch tryouts, <laughs> which happened last book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they kind of make up for what we didn't get in the last book in terms of Quidditch. Um, Harry has become captain of the Quidditch team, which... We find out earlier in the book, and it's just basically insinuated in the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. it's it's to be expected, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, but Ron is trying out for keeper, which he, he had already he was already the yeah. keeper in the last book. Uh, but he's he's going up against uh, Cormac McLeggan, which is. Uh, this kid again that we just found out <laughs> is in Gryffindor, uh, but Harry or Hermione ends up hexing Cormac 
Because he's very good. Mm-hmm. He's very good, but she ends up hexing him, so he's not quite as good as Ron ended up <laughs> being in. <laughs> she loves Ron. Yeah. They um and Ron's wearing this dumb helmet, and it's it's just so <laughs> funny. I, I'm glad we I'm glad we finally got this part where Ron too. is is playing Quidditch, but um we could have had it in the last movie, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess the way that they kind of set it up in the book, they technically do tryouts every year. Yeah. So Ron was like retrying out. Um. So whatever. I, I don't know. Like, again, last book is really, really long. The mm-hmm. movie, for whatever reason, is short, but short and still left a bunch of stuff out. Right. So I don't know <laughs> if it just they thought it made more sense to put it in this movie. Who knows? Not sure. Uh, but we do want to find out we're back in the common room and Ron has made the team. Hooray! Uh, hooray! Um, and he's very excited for himself. Uh, but <laughs> while he's gloating about being on the team, Harry is reading the potions book, and this is the very first time he brings up the Sectum Sempra mm-hmm. uh, curse. And Hermione, she says it, and Hermione doesn't know what it is, but she just is like, just put it away, like like the smart girl she yeah, is. Yeah, she's like, this thing doesn't. There's nothing good about this thing. But that that. Um, curse or that spell doesn't come till way later Mm -hmm. in the book as well something to note here in the book um because harry thinks everything's about him and his family he actually thinks that his dad is the half-blood prince at this point right it's all about harry yeah it's all about harry (laughs) (laughs) um but the next thing we get though is they are walking to hogsmeade um which is our wintry christmas scene i guess that we get (laughs) they're getting less and less i'm very upset about it uh but Hermione is trying to figure out now who the Half-Blood Prince is. She's not buying it that it's Harry's dad or whatever. <laughs> um, but she can't figure out who it is. I, I She does. We get a lot more of her deducing it mm-hmm. in the book, obviously. And she ends up actually figuring it out in the book. Um, later we'll talk right. about that. But um, they go to the three broomsticks, which I was so happy that we finally got like the inside <laughs> like of, a full blown uh, yeah another side note uh i very much love breweries and bars and all of that stuff so i was so excited like when we go to the wizarding world i'm just gonna sit there <laughs> okay i'll be doing everything yeah else. <laughs> i'm just gonna sit at the bar post me up at the bar that um, is so a, it's very a you thing though for sure the the three broomsticks yeah you know uh, well now i gotta i gotta do the the uh the bar crawl of i don't think they have those at the other ones but we got the Hogshead and the Leaky Cauldron and mm-hmm. now and the Three Broomsticks. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm sure you probably caught on to it. But when they're ordering the Butterbeers, Hermione says, put a little, I want mine with a little ginger in it. Ah, <laughs> Which is foreshadowing of, you know, yeah. her love for Ron. <laughs> a little ginger in it. <laughs> it's great. Um, but we see uh, Dean and Ginny snogging in the corner. No, thanks. And um, and this is where Slughorn shows up and invites Harry to a supper party. I so not it. the Slug Club. Not the Slug Club. They call it the supper. I wish they would have. They I think they mentioned it once that it's called the Slug yeah. Club. Um, but they're walking back from. Hold on. My yeah. favorite part about this whole thing is that Slughorn pretends like Ron doesn't even exist. No. And which happens in the book too. But it's just so funny because like all Ron ever wants is to like be noticed and like be recognized. Yeah. And he is completely like, he doesn't get invited, basically acts like he's not even there. Well, and he calls him a different name every time. And I don't know if you <laughs> noticed in the book at one point he calls him Rupert. Oh, I did not notice <laughs> yeah, that. That's funny. Rupert something or whatever. <laughs> um, but they're walking back from Hogsmeade back to Hogs- Hogwarts. And there's two girls ahead of them. And one of them screams. And they're, the other girl says, I warned you not to touch it. 
ends up being this girl named Katie who is holding something and she gets like lifted into the air. It's way more like, it's like scarier and crazier. She's like full on possessed in the movie. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I was like, whoa, like that was not exactly what happened in the book. She kind of just falls over. Come to find out uh, that this necklace she is carrying, somebody at the three broomsticks gave to her in the bathroom to give to somebody. Mm -hmm. And we actually find out right away. They say that she was supposed to deliver it to Dumbledore in the book. It's this big mystery of who, who gave it to her. Who is it supposed to go to? They have no idea. Um, But right off the bat, we know it's supposed to go to Dumbledore. Dumbledore. And it, they don't go into a whole lot of detail in the movie about what this actually is. So it's like a necklace that if you touch it with your hand, like your bare hands, it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, she had like a glove on. So that's why it didn't completely kill her. Right. It's interesting. I, and obviously they don't put it in the second movie. So it makes sense that Harry wouldn't recognize it. But in the book, he does recognize it as the opal necklace that he saw in Borgen and Burke. Mm-hmm. So he knows there's clearly something shady with this necklace. Right. And... Harry automatically accuses Malfoy and he says, I just know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you just know. Sure. Okay. Um, but we're back at Hogwarts and Ron and Harry are, are just chatting and Harry's tracking Malfoy with his map, with the Marauders map. And he's having trouble figuring out where he's going. Can't really, it, he doesn't really, it gets mentioned a lot in the book that he uses it mm-hmm. in the movie. He just kind of like is doing it. Yeah. And he's laying in bed and, and, and at one point, Ron goes, what does Dean see in Ginny? And Harry's like, well, she's smart. She's funny. She has nice skin. And and Ron goes, Hermione has nice skin. And you're like, yes, come on. Here we go. It's been a long time coming. I know. Uh, but the next thing we get, though, is the Slughorn Supper Club, the Slug Club. And all the kids who were invited, we come to find out, are all connected in some way and they're either they know famous people they are famous or they're just super freaking smart and Ginny ends up showing up and we see that she's been crying and that her and Dean have been fighting we do find out why they well we know why they broke up because she's really in love with Harry but there's like a part in the book where he like helps her through the porthole and she's like I don't need your help yeah like I can crawl through the 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 random hole that gets into the uh, common room all by myself. Thank yeah. You. And that's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's yeah. back. Um, and this is where Cormac makes eyes with Hermione. And we're like, this is like crumb all over again, <laughs> but he's much better looking. Yes. than Yes. But at this point, Harry, I think in the, in the book, we, he has a lot more supper clubs in the book. Mm-hmm. Like he, these happen a lot. Harry just basically doesn't go. Right. He's like, no, thanks. He's not about it. He wants nothing to do with it. And in the movie, they think there's one, maybe two of these. And Harry is at, at both of them. But Harry ends up staying back and to talk to Slughorn. And he tells him like, everybody wants to make the shelf. Like everyone. And the shelf being his like, pictures of shelf of honors (laughs) yes and at this point harry asks him like did voldemort make the shelf and slughorn's like don't say his name (laughs) don't say his name so it's kind of the beginning of the connection with slughorn and voldemort and harry trying to figure that part out he does say a really uh cool line that i like he says if the monster existed it was buried deep within Mm. yeah slughorn's not a not um 
he's not on he doesn't want to admit that he was close no not Voldemort. at all he's like i don't know who you're talking about yeah <laughs> uh but the next thing we get is the quidditch match and ron is wearing that stupid hat <laughs> <laughs> and they're in like the they're having breakfast and she ends up saying or hermione is saying that she's gonna invite ron to slughorn's christmas party that he's having and luna's there with her lion hat <laughs> i was so happy we got to see loony luna's lion hat um but at this point ron's super nervous about the match he's like saying he's gonna quit already <laughs> he's like i'm done but harry offers him a drink with quote unquote liquid luck in it and ron is pumped he's ready to go <laughs> Now he's ready. Weasley is king. He is. He's our king. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also don't know if you noticed this. During the scene, um, Harry is wearing Ravenclaw colors. I was like, everyone is wearing the red and gold, Harry. Really? Fred. Yeah. He's wearing freaking blue. Like his regular clothes? Yeah. Like, uh, a, uh... like a blue plaid shirt. I'm like, you couldn't throw on a red shirt, Harry? No, apparently no, not. No, he's over it. Um, but come to find out, Harry didn't actually use the liquid luck. It was just to like make Ron because he's he's a he's a head case totally <laughs> but so they end up winning the match and lavender goes in for the kill she, she wasted go, no time she wasted no time she said weasley is king and i want him <laughs> so she goes in starts snogging him and hermione gets really upset Ugh. it's so sad and so hermione leaves and she's you know crying in the hallway harry goes and runs after her like the great friend he mm. is to her and Hermione knows that Harry likes Ginny or yeah. yeah. And he finally actually had like admits it to her. And I love that they had this moment. I really liked the inner struggle in the book that Harry had about liking Ginny. Yes. Cause he was so concerned about how Ron was going to feel about it and like how he wanted to kind of like say things to Ginny, but we didn't get much of that. It was just kind of no. like, okay, well now they're, they like each other. Yeah. Well, and you know, like I said, Harry admits that he likes Ginny. I love the way they did it. And she was like, how does it feel when you see Ginny with Dean? Yeah. And Harry's like, probably a lot like this. Oh. And it's just like, oh, it's so sad. Um, but I love the moment that that we got with those two. Yeah. Um, but so Hermione, while she was there, though, she had been like making these little birds. And she said she was studying. Yeah. Making this, and then she ends up um, sending them to attack Ron because Ron and Lavender <laughs> end up walking out on them. And actually, he gets a lot more attacked in the in the book. Like, he's scratched up. Yeah. Like, he's in bad shape after this. She's very angry. Um, but they also say at this moment that Harry needs to watch out because there's a lot of girls trying to make love potions for Harry because they want, you know, they want to go to Slughorn's Christmas party with him. When he's the chosen one. Right. And I love this because she goes, she goes, they only want to go with you because they think you are the chosen one. And he goes, well, I am the I chosen am. one. <laughs> I am the chosen like, one. Oh my God, you're the worst, Harry. <laughs> uh, but now we go to Slughorn's Christmas party. And it comes to mind out that Harry actually ended up taking Luna. Great and, choice. And the dress she's wearing is so <laughs> fabulous. Um, but we also see Draco at this point is back in the room of, of requirement and he's testing out the cabinet, which, again, does not happen in the book because nope. we don't know that's where he is and that is what he's doing at this part. Um, the ne we do see Neville is at this party, but he's at the party as a waiter. So sad. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting because so Neville was at the initial supper club mm -hmm. and he ends up talking about this point saying, you know... I didn't make it into the slug club. And I thought that was interesting again, because we know that Neville could have been the chosen mm -hmm. one. So it made me think like Slughorn was like, all right, 
let me invite both of these guys, figure out if Neville has lived up to anything that he potentially should have. Yeah. And he thinks that he didn't. So he makes him a waiter at the party. Poor Neville. Which was so sad. (laughs) Um, But Hermione had invited uh, Cormac because she knew it was going to bug Ron. So I'm like, well, (laughs) there you go. Good, good strategy. And she's hiding from him because he's basically like kind of um, aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. And and so he ends up finding her, though. And there's, like, a waiter walking around with these things called Dragon Balls. <laughs> and, Sound delicious. Right. And at that point, Snape comes in, finds them hiding, and Cormac throws up all over Snape's shoes. <laughs> and that does not happen in the book. No. Which I'm, I, I'm actually glad they added, because I feel like... Anything that happens to Snape, I'm just like, yes. I know. <laughs> um, but at this point, Snape tells Harry that Dumbledore is traveling right now and that he's not in the castle. Mm-hmm. So it comes up, you know, we talk, it comes up quite a bit in the book about Dumbledore is just randomly gone on weekends. Um, so they touched on it a little bit here. Uh, but we end up finding, Filch ends up finding Draco kind of lurking in the hallway outside of the party. And then, and so he brings them in and Snape, immediately just escorts him out. He's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And Snape confronts Draco about, I'm supposed to be protecting you, which I don't believe happens in the book. I think it does. Does it? Yeah. He overhears them. Oh, and yeah, because this is a point where Harry overhears him and knows that Snape has made this unbreakable vow for Draco. I don't know if they mentioned the unbreakable vow. I think it was just more of a, he overhears him like saying like, you know, I'm supposed to like, be helping you out and things like that. Yeah. So, but now we are on the Hogwarts Express back. They're headed. They're leaving for Christmas. And Lavender, again, is smothering Ron. It's <laughs> one way of putting yeah, it. She comes up to the window and, like, fogs it up and, like, puts a little heart, which does not happen in the book. Um, but I thought it was so funny yeah. that they added that. Um, but at this point, Ron, Ron tells Harry, you know, if there is... If you break an unbreakable bond, you will die. So Harry's very, you know, curious about what this mm-hmm. unbreakable bond is. So now we're at the borough for Christmas. And he's telling, there's members of the Order of the Phoenix that are there. And he's telling them what he's heard. But a scene that got added at this point is that Harry and Ginny are sitting on the couch. And Ron comes over and sits <laughs> in between them. And i just oblivious yeah. to what's happening. He's like, pie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want a pie. <laughs> um, but Harry talks to Mr. Mister Weasley at this time about um, Draco and his interest in the vanishing cabinet. We don't find, like I said, we don't find about, out about this vanishing cabinet uh, for, for a lot longer in the book. But in the book, Harry had told Mr. Weasley that, the Mal- that Malfoy was in Borgen and Burke. So at the beginning of the book and had sent, so Mr. Weasley sent some, some people from the ministry to raid the Malfoys mm-hmm. and they didn't find anything. Right. So that was a part that didn't get added to the movie as well. Um, but this, this whole scene is like, it's like a love story, but then they're talking about the bad yeah, things because chaos. now, now it jumps back to Harry and Ginny are having another moment and she ties a shoe for him. Very weird. I was like, what? Like, I'm not tying anybody's <laughs> shoes. I barely tie my it own It felt shoes. very, like, um, submissive. It was very weird for me. Yeah, I did not like this moment at all, to be I, honest. I, I'm just going to come out and say it. Ginny in the movie is terrible. Yeah. Ginny in the book has such, so much more, like, 
oomph and like like she's a very like powerful wizard totally in the in the book and just like you know holds her own and stuff in the book in the movie she just feels very like here i am and i'm in love with harry yeah (laughs) yeah we didn't get the strong female from her as i wish we would have uh but so this next scene got added to the movie which people are saying are not happy about because the borough is supposed to be sacred (laughs) and it is i'm i'm shocked so what gets added to the movie is an attack on the burrow from the Death Eaters. They show up. Bellatrix shows up to the burrow and starts like a fire on the ground. Harry and Ginny end up running after her. Um, Greyback finds Ginny in like the cornfield or wherever they are. Tonks and Lupin show up to help and they the Death Eaters end up, you know, leaving to, kind of, but not before they set the burrow on fire. How dare they? Why? Why did we need to set the burrow on I fire? I have no idea. I have zero clue why that was I necessary. thought that that scene added absolutely nothing to this story other than they're after Harry. Yeah. But we already know they're after Harry. And now I'm like, where are the Weasleys going to live? Yeah. And then we never, if they, you never find out. <laughs> I know. How it, how it happens in the book Um the the Death Eaters are nowhere to be found. Um, Percy and the new minister, Scrimgeour, mm. actually show up to the house, which is kind of a an issue considering Percy has not been good with the rest of the family right. as of late. But they go under the assumption that Percy wanted to go. Right, with right. <laughs> Even though he looks like he would rather die. Um, basically, the reason that they're there is um, for Scrimgeour to ask Harry to basically tell everyone, like, they're winning the war against Voldemort. Like, do me a solid and, like, make me look good. And Harry's like, absolutely not. Right. Like, you guys didn't believe me when I said it initially. Like, I'm right. not going to help you out. So completely different... Um, uh, course of events between the book and the movie. Yeah. You don't burn the burrow, you man. You don't. That's, that's my <laughs> Sacred ground. Uh, but now we're back at Hogwarts and Lavender and Wan Wan are there <laughs> snogging. That's what she calls him, is Wan Wan. And she gives him this necklace, this like sweetheart necklace. And Hermione is just disgusted. I would be too, honestly. So gross. Uh, but Dumbledore is back and he wants to show another memory to Harry. The next memory that he shows is Tom Riddle with Professor Slughorn. And he's talking about, we're not sure. Mm -hmm. The memory's kind of blurred. But come to find out that Dumbledore wants Harry to get Slughorn to tell him the memory. And he says that he must not fail. That this is his one thing he needs to Mm -hmm. make sure. In the book, it's like, Dumbledore's mad when Harry, like, doesn't focus on Yeah, because he hasn't even been, like, even attempting to get it in the book. No. Harry ends up trying to go talk to Slughorn. He almost just reenacts the memory with Slughorn Mm -hmm. as, as Voldemort did. And he confronts him about Tom Riddle asking these questions. And, but Slughorn's like, no, no. (laughs) He's like, I know Dumbledore put you up to this and I'm, I'm not talking about this and I don't even remember it. Like I'm not, we're not doing this. Something that got totally left out of the book though, uh, which kind of comes around this time is the apparition classes. Yeah. You mean left out of the movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, so at this point, um, basically the students in their year, so sixth year are at the point where they're allowed to start learning or take classes for apparating, um, which 
to me is like the coolest thing you can learn in this school because who doesn't want to go from one place to another but harry makes it sound awful like you're going through a rubber tube well i mean yeah if you don't do it right it it does not feel good (laughs) um but basically they they take these like um extra classes to learn how to apparate um harry I think misses class or something. He gets detention, so he doesn't get to like... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Harry is not old enough to do it by the time that they're allowed to take these tests and stuff. So um, for once, it's not all about Harry, and he doesn't actually get to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of the apparition classes not getting added to the movie, the memory that we were just talking about before this, though... Uh, is not the one, the next one that Dumbledore shows. Like we said that there's a lot of memories throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And again, this memory that got left out is quite a big one. Yeah, it is. Um, So unlike how we don't really hear the word Horcrux in the movie at this point, we do get it in this memory. Um, It's a memory of Morphin, so Voldemort's uncle, and teenage Voldemort, um, Tom Riddle, however you want to call him. Um, We find out in this memory that uh, Voldemort actually killed his dad and his dad's new wife and kid. So he's basically at this point so angry about, you know, his lineage, his, his father's lineage. So he actually ends up killing them, uh, killing all of them. And then his uncle is the one that um, takes the blame. So he, I think gets thrown into jail. Like I can't remember hundred percent, but basically Voldemort gets away with murder and his yeah. poor uncle. I don't know. Yeah, poor, He used but. his wand, I think. To, to kill them. He had taken, like, his uncle's wand to kill that's him. That's right. So that's why they thought that's his right. uncle's the one that yeah. did it. So, again, another very important memory that we do not mm-hmm. get in the movie at all. Uh, we're back at the boys' dorm in the movie now, and <laughs> it's actually Ron's birthday in the in the book. Mm-hmm. We don't get the the any acknowledgement that it's Ron's birthday in the movie. And Ron ends up eating a bunch of chocolates that were on Harry's bed. In the book, I think Ron thought they were for him. Right. And Ron is looking a little loopy and it finds out that he, um, it was love potion in these chocolates. And now he is in love with Romilda. (laughs) Good old Romilda vein. He does not want to be with Lavender. He wants to be with Romilda. (laughs) So, but Harry, unfortunately, takes the opportunity to, instead of taking Ron to the hospital Mm -hmm. wing, he ends up taking him to Slughorn to try to find an antidote. And which he he ends up doing. Um, but at this point, so now they're like celebrating Ron not being <laughs> love potioned anymore. And I just love how Slughorn ends up offering them alcohol. I'm like, they're like 15. Right. <laughs> Apparently Slughorn doesn't care about the rules. No, no. So he ends up giving them this mead and Ron just takes a giant swig of it and starts, starts seizing. And Harry and uh, Slughorn has no idea what to do. Uh, Harry ends up grabbing something called Bezor, mm-hmm. and which is like we've it, it's mentioned in the book before this scene, and it's like a something that it's like an antidote to basically everything. Yeah, and well, and, and doesn't he learn about it through the Half Blood Prince's book? Yeah, yeah. because it, they were supposed to be making like an antidote for something. Mm-hmm. I think in the book, and the Half Blood Prince said like don't do all this, like just, just use, just, a just use this, this yeah. is way easier. And that's what Harry ends up turning in. Um, so he gives him that and, and, and Ron ends up being cured and he's fine. Uh, but we find out at this point that, that Mead was actually supposed to go to Dumbledore, uh, that Slughorn had bought it and that's where he was going to 
he was gonna he was gonna give it to him. Mm-hmm. Figuring now again, someone is trying to attack Dumbledore. So Ron is now in the hospital wing, recovering though, and Hermione is by his bedside, like the good girl she is. Mm-hmm. And Lavender comes in, and those two have words. Man, it's got a little heated. And Ron wakes up, and he says Hermione's name. <laughs> So, which I'm like, yes, Ron. We actually get, we don't get the struggle in, as we do in the book about how Ron wants to break up with Lavender. Yeah, he's over it. He's over it, but he doesn't want to be the one who breaks up with her. Yeah. (laughs) But now we're back with Malfoy in the room of requirement and he's testing out this vanishing cabinet. He, before he had like tried it with like an apple or something. Now he tried it with a bird and the bird came back and the bird came back dead uh, and Malfoy is crying. It's very sad about so it. Sad. And, but yeah, we, we don't get any of that in the book of him trying to figure it out. We know he's trying to figure something out, but evidently this vanishing cabinet's not working right. the way it should be. Well, and at this point in the book, uh, it's important to note that Harry, because he's like frustrated, he can't figure out where Draco keeps going to. He actually asks um, Creature and Dobby to kind of trail Draco because they're allowed to walk around, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though we don't actually see the elves ever, no. um, they're allowed to walk around the uh, the castle. And Dobby ends up telling Harry that he saw him go, go he saw Draco go into the room of requirement. Yeah. So different than in the book, because in the book or in the movie, he actually sees him and follows him. Yeah. So I, I just love that they end up bringing Dobby back for the last one. And, but doesn't get his, his say. It's, it's actually really frustrating. It's really frustrating. <laughs> um, but so now we're back in the great hall. Ron does not remember um, breaking up with Lavender. No. <laughs> he doesn't know what happened, but he's okay with it. Uh, and at this point, Katie, who had been cursed by the necklace in Hogsmeade, is now back. Um, she's recovered, but she says she doesn't remember anything. And Malfoy actually sees Katie and Harry talking and freaks out. So he runs away and he goes to the bathroom and he's crying. Uh, Something that doesn't get added into the movie is that at one point, Harry had gone into to the bathroom and Moni Myrtle was there Mm -hmm. and said that a boy is there and is crying all the time. And she's now in love with that boy. (laughs) Uh, She's not in the, in the, in this movie at all. Uh, But Harry comes in and he finds Malfoy and he confronts him and they start dueling. And this is where Harry ends up saying the sectum sempra curse. And without knowing what the hell it does, he has no idea what it does. Coming to find out it really hurts Malfoy very badly. But I will say, at least I didn't hear it in the movie in the book. The reason Harry does that is because Malfoy is about to do the Cruciatus mm. uh, curse yeah. curse on him. And Harry did that to protect himself. In the movie, I did not hear him say that at no. all. I think they were just doing like simple like jinxes at each other. Yeah. And they just randomly. So Harry ends up running in the movie. He ends up running out in the book. Harry stays. Mm-hmm. Snape comes. He gets in trouble, all this stuff. And I think that's the point though, that at this, not knowing so, but, but um, Snape knows that Harry has that book because of this curse that he put on. Yeah, because Harry stayed, um, 
Snape is like, uh, he he just asks him like to see his school books because mm-hmm. like to your point, he's kind of knows that something's going on. So Harry runs back to um, the the common room and actually grabs Ron's book instead. And on his way back, he goes into the room of requirement and hides the book, which is a little different in the movie. I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll talk about it. Um, but he takes the the he takes Ron's book back to Snape and he's like, "Here's my book." And Snape's like, "This is your book. This is the one you've been using all year." He's like, "Yep." and this is where he gives him detention uh but yeah so like you were just saying in the movie the way or the way harry gets rid of the book is that him and Ginny actually go and find the room of requirement together and they hide the book or she says (laughs) she says i will find it or i will hide it so you won't so you won't be tempted be tempted and be able to find it she says close your eyes Classic movie. Classic. Um, but oh, but before that though, we do they do find the vanishing cabinet while they're in there. So now they are aware of that mm-hmm. it's there. But yeah, so Ginny goes to hide the book. She says, "Close your eyes." She comes back and then kisses Harry. Um, it's very the music is very Twilighty at this point. <laughs> this whole like, scene is very Twilighty. Yeah. Um, very very different. She ends up. Uh, the, the, their first kiss is very different because, like you said, Harry had gotten detention from Snape mm-hmm. at this point. So he missed the last uh, Quidditch, Quidditch game. game. Mm-hmm. They end up winning the Quidditch game. They end up kissing during the excitement. In front of everyone. Right. Which is totally different. So, like, Ron sees it. Hermione. Like, everybody sees it in the book. So I don't know why they chose to change it. Know. We needed it in the room of requirement. I guess evidently. so. Um, so now... Harry's still trying to figure out the memory from Slughorn. So he's thinking, he's like, man, what can I do to get this out of him? And he's like, I just need a little luck. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that liquid luck I have. Maybe I should try that. So he ends up taking it. I'm annoyed because in the book, Ron is actually the one that suggests him using it. So like, how about we give Ron a little credit? Nope. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Rude. Uh, but he takes it. He takes some of it. And then he goes to talk to Slughorn. And Harry's so annoying when he's on this. Like, I thought, I thought he was like super annoying. Cause I was like, why aren't you like this all the time? Like your way, like, Oh, why this is you? literally my absolute favorite scene. <laughs> um, I think in this entire series, I'm just like, why aren't you like cool like that all the time? Well, yeah, but like, also I'm so glad that we got to see this, this side of him. Uh, but <laughs> Harry heads down to Hagrid's because he just feels like that's the place to be tonight. That's, that's where he's got to go. <laughs> uh, before this happens though, we find out that Aragog has died. The mm-hmm. giant spider has died. So and, sad. and Hagrid had invited them down for the burial and nobody wanted to go down there for the burial. Um, so Harry's headed down there just for no reason. And he ends up stopping at the greenhouse and he finds Slughorn who is there stealing some valuable things. Tentaculas. Yes. From, or no, from the plants. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think it is. But he's trying to steal all this stuff. But yeah, in the book, he's not by himself. Yeah, he's actually um, there with Professor Sprout, and Professor Sprout is, like, willingly giving him whatever he needs <laughs> as opposed to him stealing it in the movie, right. which, whatever. Um, but now, so they run into, in, in the movie, they run into Hagrid. This is where Hagrid tells him that Aragog has died. Uh, what happens, it's a little bit differently. In the book, Harry tells Slughorn when he first runs into him where he's going. He's going mm-hmm. down for the burial. Yeah. And 
that that is why Slughorn ends up going down there with him because he realizes, oh, there's venom in that mm-hmm. spider. That's very valuable that I can get. A little bit different in the movie, but they end up burying Aragog and <laughs> after a beautiful speech by Slughorn. <laughs> yes, and then he goes and like steals his venom still. <laughs> um, but they go back to Hagrid's uh, hut and they get sloshed and they sing. <laughs> and uh, Hagrid basically passes out, but then Slughorn starts talking about Lily and about how he loved Harry's mom so much. She was so great. And that then Harry tells him that he was, that he is the chosen one and that he was supposed to, that he is supposed to kill Voldemort and that Slughorn needs to be brave and give him that memory because if he doesn't, he will disgrace his mom's memory. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm glad that they kept that from the book because like, it's such an important part where he's like, you know, be brave like my mom. Like right. my mom risked her life to save me. Like the right. least you could do is give me this memory. Right. Well, but I'm like, Harry, remember how like your mom saved you and then you've been so like <laughs> willy nilly with your life. Yeah. Like let's remember that as well. Listen, Anyways. At the end of the day, he now has a mission and he has to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so Slughorn ends up giving him the memory and he takes it back to Dumbledore. So... The next thing we get is them looking, um, looking at the memory that Slughorn just gave him and come to find out that Voldemort wanted to know about the Horcruxes and what that actually is. And do you want to explain what a Horcrux is? So basically a uh, witch or wizard can use a, a valuable item to put a part of their soul into that item to keep them alive. The way that the only way that you can do that is by killing someone. Um, so specifically in this scenario, it, it's awful because in in book and in movie, Voldemort asks, well, how about seven Horcruxes? Mm-hmm. And Slughorn's like, you that would be a lot of freaking killing to yeah. be able to do that. Um, but here is where we kind of find out, okay, there's seven of these now mm-hmm. and we need to figure out what these things are. Right. And Dumbledore tells Harry at this time that he believes that Tom Riddle's diary was one of them and also Voldemort's mother's ring. Mm-hmm. So something that we you see a little bit later but does not get mentioned is Dumbledore's hand is very burnt through this entire movie or mm-hmm. entire book. We They don't even mention it in the movie. It is burnt at one point, mm-hmm. but we never really, it doesn't really get mentioned, but it's pretty important. Yeah, it, it's almost like, again, we're made to just like assume that whatever this thing is that he went and got is what caused his hand to be burned. Right. But like we get a much more descriptive understanding in the book of like, okay, well he went after this hor- uh, this ring, which ended up being a horcrux and that's why his hand is now yeah. burnt. <laughs> well, and at this point, Dumbledore tells Harry that he thinks that he found another one. Mm-hmm. And in the book, he, he doesn't know at this point where another one is, but he told Harry, like, if I find where another one is, you can come with me. He does mention though, the ones that he thinks that it yes. could be. So at this point, we've got the diary and the ring. Those have been destroyed. They talk about, um, I believe it's Helga Hufflepuff's cup, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, This Slytherin's locket. And they also talk about how um, Dumbledore thinks that Nagini might also be a Horcrux. And then they talk about how he thinks that either... Um, something from uh, Gryffindor and something from Ravenclaw needs to be the next one. And then he also mentions that he has an idea of what the seventh one is, Mm. but doesn't really say it. (laughs) No. Uh, So, but then the next thing we get in the movie is they're on, they're at the astronomy tower 
and Harry walks in on Snape and Dumbledore having a conversation. And basically Snape doesn't want to do whatever Dumbledore is asking him to do. We Mm -hmm. don't know what it is, but Snape is not happy and he doesn't want to do it. Uh, So Harry and Dumbledore end up going together to find this other Horcrux. And, but before they go, Dumbledore says like, if you come with me, you must listen to me. Anything I do, you have to give me your word that, whatever I tell you to do. If I tell you to leave, you leave. Mm -hmm. If I tell you to fight, you fight. So they end up apparating to, from the tower to this like cave in the book. They end up going to Hogsmeade first. Mm -hmm. They they apparate from there, which is interesting because there's always like mentioned about how you can't apparate from the, from the school, but then he's like, well, I'm Dumbledore. Right. And I can do whatever I want. Well, that fixed the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one thing that we don't, get mentioned in the book is that before before Harry and Dumbledore leave to go find this Horcrux, Harry basically arms his friends and tells them whatever Draco is up to mm-hmm. is going to happen tonight. Yeah. We need you. I need you guys to kind of keep watch and essentially tail him and see what the heck he is up to. Yeah. And he also gives them the rest of his liquid luck in the book. Mm, comes into play. Yes. So, which, which, he, which is hilarious because I'm pretty sure in the movie he drinks the entire vial. Right. He doesn't <laughs> even give it to his friends right. in, 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 the, the in the movie. So I thought that was very interesting because it's kind of, it is, like you said, it's very important in the book that that happened. So now they're at the, at this cave, God knows where, <laughs> and Dumbledore ends up cutting his hand to get into the next part of this cave, I guess. <laughs> but that is where we see Dumbledore's burnt hand for the very first time. And mm, there's... Not true. Well, that's the first time I noticed it. Really? Yes. You see it at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. when they're, like, operating to go see Slughorn. He's like, it's it's a very interesting story. It's but too dark. I couldn't ah, see it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so that was the first time that I noticed it. Um, but they're inside this cave now, and there's this giant, like, lake, basically. And there's this little island in the middle of it that they need to get to because that's that's where they believe it is. Uh, Dumbledore ends up finding this like invisible chain that's connected to a boat. And then they take the boat across something very different. The Infuri, is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Um, they actually notice them on their way to the middle of the Island. You don't, it's not mentioned when they're, on their way. Well, in the and in the book, at the very beginning, Harry uses the Akio um, spell to see what, like, if he can grab the Horcrux. And one of the Infuri actually jumps out of the yeah. lake. So then they see, like, oh, clearly there's a lot of enchantment enchantments like um, around this Horcrux. It's yeah. not going to be easy. Um. So, but now they're in the middle of this lake, and there's this like crystal bowl thing with a potion inside of it. Uh, and Dumbledore knows that you know, he's going to drink it. Harry says, I'll drink it. And Dumbledore says, no, you're way more. My blood is, or no, he actually says that before when he's cutting his hand is that Harry's blood is way more important than his. Um, and anyway, so Dumbledore ends up drinking it. It's not a health drink. No. And Dumbledore is struggling. Um, but ends up, so Harry keeps, you know, giving him the drink to drink. There ends up being, a necklace at the bottom of this crystal bowl. So he grabs it and Dumbledore's like, I want water. I need water. Harry tries to do the ac- or the agua, aquafina spell. 
Uh, doesn't work. <laughs> he can't. He can't get him. To, so Harry goes to the lake to try to get some water from the lake to give to Dumbledore. At that point, this is when all the Infury attack them. Um, side note. Did you think these looked a little familiar to you? Like Gollum? Yes. yes. And I was like, I'm wondering if because of the whole Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter thing, they decided like, hey, we're going to th- throw you a bone. Oh, like, I'm so glad wild. you said that. It was wild. Like, I was like, no. Like, you couldn't have made this look any more like. My like, precious. Like, exactly like them. But anyway, I figured that you would enjoy that part. But so something that was a little different, though, in the book, Dumbledore actually tells Harry how to fight these people these guys yes and then harry just forgets he tries every other spell like harry he literally told you he's like it's fire yeah they end up taking harry underwater and dumbledore has to come to the rescue and when he's already weak and he asks he ends up casting this badass fire spell that gets them gets them out of danger and so now we're back at hogwarts uh, while they're finishing their fight there. And the vanishing cabinet is now working. Mm-hmm. And we see the Death Eaters coming through it. Which I was like, this is kind of an ingenious way to get them in there. Totally. Like, I mean, you could have used like the secret passageways, but I think those are already taken up maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Harry and Dumbledore now come back. They operate back to the tower. Again, like we said in the book, they actually operated back to Hogsmeade and have to try to get back to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. But while they're at Hogsmeade, they notice something about Hogwarts. Yes. The dark mark has already been, um, basically shone into the sky, Mm -hmm. um, which when a dark mark is, is shown, it's basically, uh, symbolizes that someone has been murdered. Um, so they freak out and they're like, Oh my God, who was murdered? We need to get to the, um, to the castle immediately. Another thing to mention, they run into Madame Rose Murda, um, in Hogsmeade, who ends up being an important, um, character that isn't mentioned at all in the movie. (laughs) So uh, come to find out that Draco has been using Madame Rose Murda for, to do his bidding, essentially. Mm-hmm. So she's the one that actually gave Katie Bell the necklace. She's the one that sold the mead to um, Slughorn for Dumbledore. So she's basically been used, be, has been used by Draco to, to do all of his bad deeds. Because in the book, he doesn't actually have any like direct tie to any of that stuff. No. So... So now Dumbledore and Harry are back, like I said, back at the astronomy tower. When they get back there, Dumbledore says, I want Snape. Go get Snape. So he initially sends Harry to go get Snape. Mm-hmm. But then he hears somebody coming. So he tells Harry to go down below. In the book, Dumbledore ends up petrifying Harry and putting the invisibility cloak over him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry can see everything that's going on. Kind of like is happening in the movie, but just different. Hold on. I thought he inadvertently petrifies Harry. Does he do it on purpose? I believe, from my interpretation, he did it on purpose, knowing that if Harry were to stay there, he would have interfered with what happened. Oh, I definitely took it. I took it to mean, like, yeah, he used the invisibility cloak, but, like, when... Draco, because Draco comes up and immediately does um, Expelliarmus, Mm -hmm. I thought that in that scenario when his wand goes flying he inadvertently stuns harry maybe not maybe i don't know that was my interpretation of it because he knew that that makes more sense and i think dumbledore knew what needed to end up happening yeah that makes sense okay um 
So yeah, but he tells Harry to stay under and just stay below, which which is why I thought that was weird because I was like, there's no way if Harry's just sitting mm-hmm. there, he's letting all of this happen. Totally. Which So that's why I thought it was so weird that they did that, but I don't know. But so Malfoy had, like you said, Malfoy has come in. He has, um, you know, he has disarmed Dumbledore at this point, but Dumbledore basically is buying time at this mm-hmm. point and he's confronting Malfoy about everything that he did and um Draco tells him you know he has now been marked as a death eater so Harry was right <laughs> we find out at this point that Draco's mission was to kill Dumbledore and I, they did a good job in the book because at some points you're like all right is his mission to kill Harry mm-hmm. is his mission to kill Dumbledore well, you're not exactly sure yeah um but so at this point the rest of the death eaters come up there something that's very different between the book and the movie before Snape shows up at the astronomy tower he actually finds Harry below and basically shushes Harry mm-hmm. and says don't say anything so in the in the movie you're kind of thinking, okay, Snape is here to help. Mm-hmm. That does not happen in the book at all. Nope. Snape goes straight up to the astronomy tower. And at this point, Dumbledore in the movie tells Snape, please. And then Snape kills him. It's very upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting. Uh, I want to get your honest opinion of like the very first time you saw this. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Snape? Like, what, what were your thoughts? Not having known anything past this. I mean, I thought he was the bad guy. Right. But like, like, because for me, and again, this goes back to me being just extremely obsessed with this uh, series. Mm-hmm. I was infuriated because, I mean, from the beginning, we, we always felt like Snape was like the, like, you know, the bad right. guy or, yeah. you know, so many times we were uh, led to believe that. Um, and for for me, it was like so annoying for that to actually happen, like to yeah. him, for him to actually end up being the bad guy at this point. Yeah. Um, that I was just, I was crushed. <laughs> I was like, See? I was rooting for you. Like I had the whole like um, Tyra Banks moment yeah. where uh, in uh, Top Model, she's like, we were all rooting for oh you. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, here's the thing. Here's the difference. I think that, having been someone who just watched the movies mm-hmm. initially, you don't get the inner struggle and backstory with Snape as much True. in the movies as you did with the, with the book. True. So watching the movies, I was like, yeah, Snape is the bad guy. Like there was never quite the inner yeah. struggle until the very last movie. That's a good point. Um, so I don't think I was as crushed as you, <laughs> but I can totally see where you come from. Yeah. Now having read the books, you're like, especially cause there's so much more, um, emphasis in the book about how much Dumbledore trusted Snape. Not only that, but like his his um, clear connection with Lily, yeah. with Harry's mom. Yeah. Like, yes, we'll get that in the seventh one, but like, it's just, it's crushing. Yeah. I mean, I will attest to the movies though, is that I think that's what makes the Snape moments in the last book or in the last movies so much greater because that's you true. don't see it coming. That's true. In, in the books, you kind of are like, all right, maybe... So I'll allow it. I don't know. Still devastating. So bad. Uh, but Harry ends up, they end up retreating and Harry runs after them. Um, and then we're down towards Bellatrix's or no, we're down towards Hagrid's hut and Bellatrix sets it on fire. In the movie, Hagrid is not there Mm. in the book. Hagrid is there and Fang is inside. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God. If they kill Fang, I'm going to be so upset. (laughs) Fang is my second favorite character. After Luna. (laughs) 
And I was very I mean, upset. Clearly. Like, he's whining. And I was like, <laughs> I he, know. In the book, he's fine. Yes. But anyways, Hagrid is there at the moment. And it's, it actually, the part in the book that actually got me, though, is when Harry's telling Hagrid in the book that Dumbledore is dead. dead. You know. don't get any of that in the movie. Because Harry kind of ends up being the person that tells a lot of people mm-hmm. that this happened. And that's... I mean, I feel like that in any movie, sometimes it's harder to watch someone tell somebody else totally. that it's happened. And that was the part in the book where I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, <laughs> you know? Um, but and this is the part where Harry actually runs into Snape outside of Hagrid's hut and he yells at him. He's like, he trusted you. And there's this like, you know, kind of battle. And he's like, fight me. Cause, cause at this point, Snape is not fighting back. He's just deflecting Harry's Mm -hmm. spells. And at this point we find out that Snape is the half-blood prince. He tells him, I am the half-blood prince. I know what you're doing. He's like, how dare you use my spells against me? Yes. So, um, something that we don't find out that happens in the book is that at one point, Hermione was like, yeah, I found this lady in this book named something prince. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this is her. Come to find out, it was Snape's mom. That Snape's real last or mom's maiden name is Prince, Prince. and that that's why it's the half blood Prince, not Prince in the royal matter. Hermione just is just so smart. Yeah, I mean that was a little bit in the weeds where yeah. it's like it didn't really make a difference, but I thought in the in the book that was such a kind yeah. of a cool moment. Um, but at this point, Snape gets away. Harry runs back to Dumbledore's body, and everybody's there. Like, everyone's around at that mm. point. And um, he ends up finding the quote-unquote Horcrux necklace um, next to Dumbledore. And at this point, obviously, everyone raises, raises their wands that to, scene. to get rid of the dark mark, which we do not get in the book. I know. This is the one thing, spoiler, I like the book better than the movie, but this is the one scene that almost could have overtaken it because of this scene. Totally. Because it's so powerful of them all lifting their wands. This is where I cry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the dark mark goes away. It's very sad. I'm tearing up even thinking about it. Um, but yeah, that was something that got added to the movie, which was very, very powerful. In the book, um, when he finds the locket, this is actually mm-hmm. the scene where he reads it. Like he reads it right next to Dumbledore's body, yeah. which is a little different in the movie. Um, and you mean read it is in there's a note. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, which is funny because I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen these movies is that I'm like, I don't remember that connection of what's happening with that because oh. having not remembering what exactly happens. Like that was so annoying to yeah. me that this ended up being a fake Horcrux mm-hmm. at the end. I was like, so all this happened literally for nothing. But I'm sure it happened for something, but I'll remember things eventually. Um, But they're back in Dumbledore's office, which now has become McGonagall's office, which they don't mention in the movie, but she is now headmistress headmistress of Hogwarts. As she should be. Yep. Um, But, you know, she tells Harry that that he meant a great deal to Dumbledore. We end up seeing the portrait of Dumbledore with the the rest of the older... um, Headmasters. Headmasters. Mm -hmm. And he's sleeping. Um, but now we're back at the astronomy tower. Harry's talking to Hermione and, and, um, Ron is up there, but he's just sitting kind of away, which is some people saying is foreshadowing of the next movie. Um, but anyways, they said something about like, do Harry knows that Draco was not going to kill. And I feel like, 
I feel like that was one thing that we missed in the movie. That last scene between Draco and Dumbledore, there was a lot more conflict. Mm-hmm. Like you, the struggle of Draco not wanting to do it. He's like, I don't want to do this, but he will kill my family and kill me if I don't do mm-hmm. this. And you didn't get any of that. No. But at this point in the movie, Harry is telling Hermione, like Draco was putting his wand down at this point. Like he was not going to kill Dumbledore. And, but this is the point where he pulls out the note from, from the necklace that they found. Basically it's a note that says like a note to Voldemort Mm -hmm. from this person saying, I have found this and I want you to know that I'm the one that found it or whatever. Come get me. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's just uh, signed R.A.B. So we know. So you don't remember? Who R.A.B. is? Well, I think I have a, I have an idea by deduction of whose who's initials that could okay. be. Um, but yeah, it's been so I know. long. Uh, but anyways, Ron, we need to find out that Ron is okay with Harry dating Ginny. Something that happens later, though, Harry and Ginny break up in the book mm-hmm. at the end of the book. Yeah, Harry basically is like, everyone that's ever been close to me um, gets hurt. He's already hurt you once. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to basically right. go bye-bye. Um, and and Ginny agrees. Well, yeah, and that's that's another attest to Ginny in the book is that she's like, all right, I understand. Like, mm-hmm. that whole, like, Ginny is no She's smart. She, yeah, she's she knows what's up. smart. Yeah. Um, but Harry tells Hermione at this point that he's not coming back to Hogwarts. He's going to go and find these Horcruxes. And he was said he's going to do it by himself. But at this point, Hermione says that him, that her and Ron will go um, to find these with him. And then we see Fox fly over Hogwarts. And that's the end of the movie. It's not how the book ends, of course. No. Um, so, yeah, not quite how it happens in the book or ends in the book. Um, there are two other memories that we didn't even touch on that happen in the book. Um one specifically is that uh, Voldemort actually goes to see Dumbledore to get a teaching job at Hogwarts and he denies him. Um, what they think is the reason is he wanted to be close and find artifacts from the other two houses to use as his horcrux. And so. to recruit. And to recruit, <laughs> that too. What we really miss from the end of the movie um, that we actually get in the book is Dumbledore's funeral. Mm. Um, I'm really bummed because yeah. there are so many people that come back for this funeral and mm. you just see the, like, um, the camaraderie among all of these witches and wizards who mm. loved Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, so I was really pissed that we didn't get that in the movie. Um, and then to your point about um, Harry breaking up with Ginny, that's kind of how the book ends. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because uh, up until this point, every book pretty much ends with them like on their way back to King's Cross. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, yeah. I was, Harry's, Harry's done with Ginny. Yeah, <laughs> I was really upset we didn't get the funeral just because... I think maybe the whole wands in the air thing replaced it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it was such a powerful chapter in the book mm-hmm. that I was really upset. It could have been a really cool visual moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I guess I, I would understand why they didn't do it because trying to bring some of those characters back would probably yeah, be hard. I guess. <laughs> but we wanted it still. I know. <laughs> so do you feel like the movie stayed true to the book? I do. I'm I'm pissed that we didn't get more of the memories, mm-hmm. uh, more of the backstory. Um, but I do think it it did a good job of staying consistent with with how the book progresses. I agree. You get the main mm-hmm. the main gist of it. Yeah. There's uh, still so much that I, I wish know. they would have added, though. So I think I know the answer to this question. I already answered it myself. But book or movie? 
I'm actually going with the movie. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because this is this is actually my absolute favorite movie in the series. Okay. Um, and it has nothing to do I with the fact. I did love this movie. It has nothing to do with the fact that like I think it did a great job of you know uh, whatever with mm-hmm. the book. I solely love this movie because of Harry in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I always wished Harry would be. Harry to me is so annoying throughout yeah. this entire movie series Very true. that I absolutely love him. In this movie, I love his interactions with slughorn like um i love that it's still dark but you have those uh you know parts of humor um and then of course like like we've mentioned a bunch of times like that whole dumbledore dying sequence is is beautifully done yeah i'm going with the book i really enjoyed this book i had an easy time reading it and following along with it um and i do feel like there was a lot more backstory Mm -hmm. that i wish we would have gotten in the movie um, so I yeah. will say it was a very hard decision. Some of yes. the other ones, it was like easy to right. choose book or movie, but right. this one, this one was difficult for sure. Split decision once again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the movie girls. You can also email us at the at gmail.com. And like we mentioned earlier, we are on Patreon. We do have a couple levels for you. We've got our rom-com level that gets you our episodes 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. Then our drama level gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining and a shout out in a future episode. And you get access to our after credits party episodes. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls to sign up. We are down to our last book. Here we are. Here we are. I didn't think I was going to make it, (laughs) Uh, but we will be splitting uh, this up into two episodes because we will do uh, the movie part one, movie part two. Um, So yeah. Do you want to tell them what it is? I'm sure everyone knows. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Part (laughs) one coming next week and then part two the following. Uh, So yeah, I'm, I've, this has been a journey. Uh, You've done great so far. So far, so good. (laughs) And you've learned so much. It's just a matter if I will remember it. I'm sure you will. (laughs) And if you don't, guess what? You can listen back to our episodes. Wow, look at that. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. (laughs)